Um, but yeah, there's that. Um, also, we are recording, by the way. Um, oh, hello. No, I'm, we haven't introed anything yet. Um, but we will in a minute. But I figure I'd start recording anyway. Well, let me know. I'm gonna stop showing my two thumbs in the <laughs> Right. Alright, let's get. What do I want to do? How do I want to start the new year off? With a nap. Well, other than that, I already took one of those. Yeah, your ass is definitely not talking like Kenneth. I had just fell asleep before you got here because I had been up off and on all morning. Me too. I think that's another reason why I'm tired. I was real restless last night. I think this is how I'm gonna start it off. What y'all thought y'all wasn't gonna see me? I'm the whole Cyrus of this shit. Jay is him forever, motherfuckers. This this 97. I my niggas and my niggerettes. Let's do it like this. I'ma rub your ass in the moonshine. Let's take it back to 79. I bomb atomically. Socrates philosophies and hypotheses. Can't define how I be dropping these mockeries. Lyrically perform armed robbery. Flee with the lottery. Possibly they spotted me. Battle scarred showgun. Explosion when my pen hits. Tremendous. Ultraviolet shine blind forensics. I inspect view through the future. See millennium. Killer bees sold 50 gold, 60 platinum. Shackling the matches with drastic rap tactics. Graphic displays melt the steel like blacksmiths. Black Wu jackets, queen bees ease the guns in. Rumble with patrol. Gas lace the function. Heads by the score. Take flight inside a war. Ticks hit the floor. Die hard fans demand more. Behold the bow soldier. Control the glow slowly. Proceeds the blow swing is so. Alright, 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 alright. Alright. So this is the first episode of the new year. Um, first and foremost, as always, I am Will K the King. And this is the Down with the King podcast. Episode 41. And the first episode of 2020. Happy New Year to everyone out there. And mm-hmm. as it is the beginning of a new year, I am joined by my sister and also one half of the um, Two Aqua Millennial Podcast, the 2 a.m. Podcast. Miss KC is with us today. Ow, ow, period. I'm in this bitch. What's good? What's poppin'? Um, I think we're going to have to have a counter on how many times she says period because as I listened to the last episode of her podcast, I lost count. Oh yeah, that's my shit. Sorry, right now, like it's definitely, and I caught on super late to it, but that's been my shit for like the past like two weeks. Like I've been, I just got out of hand. Quite a lot on New Year's Eve. I just want to point, especially when she was a little inebriated. Oh yeah, she was. uh, It was nothing little about it. No, not at all. I was, I was being generous. Thank you, thank you. I was being quite generous. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, it was. um, It's quite interesting to say the least. Um. But uh, again, this is uh, episode 41. Again, this is the uh, first episode of the year. And um, like I said, I, I want to play Triumph because like I said, 2020 for me um, is about Triumph. And speaking of Triumph, 
Uh, KC, you just had uh, a triumph of your own. You're uh, celebrating the third year of uh, the 2 a.m. podcast. Yes, it was uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe, maybe a week ago, depending on when this comes out. <laughs> we had our three-year anniversary. Yes, we've been in this bitch podcast and getting on motherfuckers' nerves and trolling all of you for the past three fucking years. Yes, that's right. Three fuck-ass years. So, shout-out to Hendrix, man. Shout out to Hendrix. Shout out to Hendrix. Shout out to 2AM Podcast. It, uh, it's crazy because I remember when it started. Like, um, and, you know, speaking of what you guys were talking about on the podcast, we definitely need to go check out the episode. But I remember it started with a Christmas gift of a little kit that had one mic and a little mixer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I remember them trying to share that one mic on the first episode. Yes. If you could go back and listen to our our sound quality, episode, like, uh, progression was, uh, is amazing. Right. Um, it was uh, it was an adventure, I remember. And, uh, you know, at the time, like, like you get, they said in the podcast, they had no idea what they were doing. And yeah, it was like, trial hey, and error. This is something we want to try and see where it goes. And, you know. Now we out here, period. Right. Sorry, I'm at like time to be doing, um, you know, doing this, and a lot of people don't understand, like, because, like, a lot of people don't know why to get into. Like, I mean, really, my 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 foray into podcasting myself was more of a win because initially uh, it started as me and my friends talking about doing a wrestling podcast, and then me getting all the stuff to do the podcast, and then the podcast we do two episodes, and then nothing happened from there because. You know, oh, people, yeah. People got busy or didn't have time to do it. And, and I sat around for about a week with this equipment in my place and nothing to do with it. And then one day, I woke up at 4 in the morning with the song Down With The King playing in my head for some strange reason. And I remember texting my partner saying, yo. Say, I, I texted you and I said, yo, I got an idea for a podcast. Down With The King podcast. Send me something, a logo or something for it. And the rest is history. And... Most of it was just me finding myself wanting to respond to people when I listen to podcasts and not beginning to say what I want to say. For so sure. Like, no, motherfucker, I disagree. But that's definitely how we started out like, too. Like, so you know, I just wanted to be the voice of my own opinion, be like, no, that's not correct. You're fucking wrong. I'm gonna tell you why you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I one of the one of the things you guys pointed out is like the biggest thing is trying to figure out what your what you what your podcast is going to be. Yeah. Just kind of figure out. Would it, you know, kind of figure out throughout, you know, okay, who who we are, what we're going to do, what's going to make us unique. I think the biggest thing coming into it is um, there are so many podcasts. Yeah, it's so all, many, it can be overwhelming for sure. Especially now. And the people don't realize podcasts have been around for years. Right. We're, we're, in a pro, we're in a place now where it's this huge boom because people have been doing podcasts, but people have been doing podcasts, but nobody was making money off of podcasts. Nobody was, yeah. at least not to the point where you're getting people getting deals with Spotify, things like that. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, really, I really had no freaking idea what a fucking podcast was. Podcast started back when the iPod came. I was just about to say, I remember having an iPod and literally scrolling from. through and I'm like, um, yeah. what the fuck is a podcast? That's what the term came from back in the day was. Yeah. And it, was, and it literally was just some yeah. boring guy talking about whatever subject he wanted to talk about. Right, yeah. Um, that's where you get like your true crime and different things like that. Telling, yeah. you know, telling stories. It was I had no idea. Most what of them were informational. They were very, none of them were, like it was, they were never, they were very really for, you know, pop culture, things like that. They weren't very um, topical um, unless you had some, there were very a lot of political ones back in the day. Oh, um, but yeah, that was kind of sure. one of the bigger um, things about podcasts back then. And then in the last 
three, four years, um, yeah. podcasts just kind of hit a boom. You had more um, people in the music industry getting into podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember his name. Combat Jack was one of the first guys in hip-hop to okay. really get a podcast. And you, if you hear any of the guys in hip-hop now, Charlamagne and Joe Budden, a lot of the cats that do podcasts now, They'll they'll speak to Combat Jack, who I think yeah. he passed away last year oh, or about a year or two ago. Okay. But Combat Jack was one of the pioneers as far as from the hip hop space that really got into podcasting and kind of gave guys in hip hop to say, "Oh yeah, we can do this. Like this is something that, that, that should be successful." Yeah, we so, touched on that too. Like this, like the idea that a lot of really successful podcasts right now are done by people that are already famous. Yes, and so. As an indie podcaster, it's so important to just, like, not... First of all, you have to be passionate about it. Because if you're trying to compare numbers to somebody like Brilliant Idiots or JVP or The Re, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Because these are people that are already known before they start podcasting. It's really easy. It's an easy transition to move your audience from one medium to another. Yep. And so, like, if you're coming up just as, like, we are just, like, random motherfuckers in Metro Detroit, you really are building from the ground up in a way that a lot of other podcasters don't because they are already established in some capacity in the industry. Yeah, it's even, I remember even, um, Joe Button talking about it when you get, you get, uh, the news comes out, Conan O'Brien is coming to podcasting. Yeah. And he's automatically going to be one of the top podcasts because he's calling it fucking O'Brien. Exactly. He already has one of the top, he's one of the top late night hosts and for the last 15 years. So yeah, he's going to automatically be one of the top um, yeah. podcasters. Like, because motherfucker, he's calling O'Brien. Right. Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, they're coming to do a podcast. Who's not going to listen to Mike? Right. So you got these people who are coming into the space now who everybody in the world knows now. So it's like, yeah, their numbers are going to be inflated just off the fact that we know who the fuck they are. Exactly. We want to hear them, especially when it comes to, like, Michelle and Barack, because people want to hear them in a more intimate setting in the first place. Right. So it was like, oh, shit, I get to hear them talk about things that have nothing, and they're not, it's not, they can be more off the cuff because they're, he's not the president anymore. He mm-hmm. can, you know, he may be a touch on things, or just the assumption that he may touch on things that he wouldn't normally touch on, things like that. They, they just want to listen just for the potential of that happening. So... You have there's always interest going to be interested in the podcast just from that that, that yeah I mean they're still what listed as the top admired yeah. people right so you already know people are going to be like oh shit Michelle and right. Rock like we have to listen to this exactly so like I said it's one of those things that you kind of um you get into this, um this content creation space and the biggest thing is you may not necessarily come up with a plan but then you also may have a plan. Your plan may not come into fruition until you're in it for a while. And I think the biggest thing is toughening it out. I mean, we had the conversation after you guys were about a year in where we said, well, what do we want to do? Where do we want to take this? What is yeah. the plan going forward? Because at that point, it's like, okay, you made it through the first year, but now what? Right. What is, you know, what is our, what is our end goal? Is it just, okay, let's keep doing the podcast and just kind of keep just going along with it? And that was also around the time you guys got approached about, you know, contracting with some internet radio company that wanted to kind of um, sign up y'all podcast. And yeah, they pretty much wanted to sign us to they it. Really the 350 like, equivalent of a get, podcast uh, deal. Wanted to take over your shit. Like, the deal basically gave y'all no rights. It took they wanted to own name, everything. All your content, and y'all couldn't use the name anymore outside of anything they did. It was just crazy. And it was like, first of all, that gave me two two things. When I first saw it, I said, okay, first of all, y'all doing something Right. Like, they trying to get your content, so something, something, there's something about your content that they feel like, yo, other people are going to want to listen to. 
And the second thing is, all right, why would I do that? I think it was also around the time that 444 came out. So I was really mm-hmm. on my ownership shit. I wasn't about to, And when you saw it, I said, ain't no way we about to give us some shit. Fuck all that. That was the whole reason I decided to do this podcast when we first did the wrestling thing came because somebody approached us about doing it for one of his internet radio things, a local one. Mm-hmm. And we was like, I'm going to do this shit ourselves. Yeah. do that to you and you probably own everything and then you get no fuck all that for sure not doing anything for nobody else so because the biggest Read thing your is contracts, guys. leverage is your, your your best currency is your leverage yeah it's always going to be your best currency and that's in anything um if you look at history when it comes to the music business the the record labels that had the most leverage and the most successful people are the people who had who made they created their own leverage Jay Z didn't get signed and wasn't getting was walking walking around signing for a shopping for a deal and nobody will sign him. Fuck it, we'll start we'll start Rockefeller. Right. So now I got leverage. So now you got to come to me with the right amount of money and not it's not a situation where I'm signing you. It's a partnership. Mm-hmm. It's a distribution where you get a percentage, I get a percentage, but it's not a situation where you own me. And that, that little cash money was the same way. You and Master P was the same way. Like they put themselves in a position to have leverage, and that leverage is what made them successful over time. And it became a thing where it's like, no, you get, you got to come to me with some shit. And that's the one thing I can appreciate, even as the music business evolved, that led to you had artists who, who built up a following to the point where once they got record labels start calling, it's like, yo, you got to come to me with some, some money on the table. Yeah. That was the thing that happened with your buddy. You know, they had been doing that podcast for five years before. Yeah. And they turned down plenty of deals. But it was, the goal was, and even Joe talked about it, like, I can sit here and sell off for a five thousand dollar ad here, here and there, but I'm bet I'm, I'm I'm pimping myself out when I can I can I can think about the long term. Yeah. And even he said we took less money up front for the Spotify deal, knowing that yeah when the numbers come out, that next time we go for negotiation. Right. We're good. Be a great. And all he gotta do position. now. Hey, you see this list right here? Where I was number one. Right, yeah. Yeah, y'all, yeah. Y'all know what it is. Time to pay up, like, Y'all got to pay up, because that was the whole point. You got to believe in yourself, and that's a that's the thing that a lot of people don't think. And granted, yeah, Joe was in a position where he had, well, he wasn't, he was already famous. Joe wasn't rich, but he was famous. And the one thing Joe did is that even though he wasn't necessarily, he was still technically making money as he toured and worked. Because yeah. Because he wasn't always a successful artist. When he first got money, he, bought, he invested and bought himself a house. Which is like what Joe J. Cole talking about. You get yourself a house, that's always equity. Yeah. You always have that equity no matter what. You get yourself a house and you invest in that, you have that, that's always going to be yours no matter what. That's your equity no matter what. So no matter what's going on, at least at the end of the day, you ain't worried about getting kicked out of the fucking house. Right. So he did that. He was smart about doing that shit so they didn't have to worry about it. So once he started actually making real money, he was like, shit, okay, cool. But he also learned lessons from his career. So I think... The biggest thing for us coming up as a, you know, people who don't know who the fuck anybody, nobody knows who the fuck we are. Right. Like, nobody knows who the fuck you are. And, like, I think one of the things Fendrick says, like, you can't count on your friends and family. Like, and even with us, we have the most important family in the world. At the end of the day, and friends, too. At the same time, though, the goal is not just to make content for those people. Because right. I think that's also one of the. Um, I don't need my dad listening to my episodes anyway. I'm on some bullshit. At all. And he knows you and he knows you crazy. And even then, it's like, yeah, no. Nah. But it's one of those things like. I mean, my friends do listen. And, that's a, and I appreciate my friends when I find out when Jay Wolves in my pocket. I didn't know you listen to podcasts like that. But I appreciate it when they do. But my goal is not. The expectation was not that they will. 
Now, if you share a post and you repost the shit, I'm good with that. Yeah. I'm fine with that. That I appreciate that. I don't necessarily expect you to listen to it. I just don't. If you choose to, you know what? I, I love you for it. I appreciate it. Um, but I didn't go into with the mindset that all my friends are going to listen to my podcast. Because I know that I'm right. trying to reach a broader audience. Um, plus, I know my friends going to hold me down regardless. So... I'm, it's not a situation where I'm looking for them to do like anger. And because if you're a podcaster, like you really want people, the, the people who are going to be a consistent audience are people who listen to podcasts. Exactly. So it's just like me trying to get my parents or my friends that never even heard of a fucking podcast to listen every single week, week after week. It's going to be like, wait, what's this? Like, they might listen at one time, and after that, it's like, oh, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Because that's not something that's not a party every day. I listen to podcasts, yeah. so it's just like, it's not a big deal for me to like, oh, listen to um, Will's podcast. I listen to other people that I actually know's podcasts because I listen to podcasts anyway. But it's different when you asking somebody that never even or not that's not even familiar with the medium at all. Yeah, that's like um, one of my friends and. Like, this is what people can confuse the concept of support. Because support, especially, and this is a really big thing in the black community, there's this thing where we're supposed to give unwavering support, and support has to be, it is viewed a certain way. So I have a friend who, he's done, like, YouTube videos for years. And I remember, I did one of his YouTube's, like, a skit he did, posted on YouTube. We had a lot of, look, hundreds, almost, I think it's probably over 3,000, 400,000 views at this point. It was mm-hmm. years ago, though. Um, whatever the case may be, he literally would go, he would talk to people, or if a friend of his on his Facebook or social media would comment on something, he would ask them, have you watched it? He literally would get, like, in his head, people had a deadline on how quick they watched the show, watched the video, and if they haven't, he literally would unfriend people, because he's like, I don't need people who didn't support me. And I'm like, what the fuck? Everybody don't sit on YouTube and watch videos, and this is not like it's like a two-minute video. This is a 20-minute skit. Everybody don't sit on YouTube and watch shit. And you can't just expect everybody to do something that they don't normally do. If I'm not a person that sits on fucking YouTube and watch videos all the time, what the fuck you think I'm about to just randomly? Look, I will will repost your shit. As a friend, I will repost it and support you. But you can't then be mad at me if I didn't watch it. Right. Like, he literally would get mad if people didn't watch the video and then unfriend motherfuckers. And he literally be unfriending people all day. And I'm like, dog, it's really not that serious. Niggas got 10 days. And I'm like, really? Damn. Oh, yeah, he really? wasn't playing. Like, he was dead serious about this shit. And I remember at the time, I thought it was weird. I'm like, um, that's not, like, that's not really support. That's, like, also, if you really. Like if an ultimatum. That, Watch it or ultimatum. else. Like, that's not, that's not friendship. Support me or else. That's not, that's not how that shit works. That's not how support works. And it's just like that idea that I have to su- support all black businesses because they're black. Absolutely. I support businesses because they do quality work and I, I get good service. Simple as that. I don't give a fuck who the business is. If I get good service, I get consistently good service, and I like the product or what I get from there, that's what I'm support. So, I'm not going to, ex- there's no expectation on me to support your business because you're black. I may frequent your, your establishment, I may come to you once, but as soon as I don't get the service I expect or I want from that place, I'm not gonna spend my money if I don't if I don't get service there. Case in point, I remember years ago, um, at one of my old jobs, I got this gift card from work. It was like a five dollar gift card, and I was gonna use that gift card to buy my first iPad, iPod. This is back in the day. Yeah. 
the gift card only worked at Circuit City. It was only the one on the electronic store it worked at. Wow. So I, I went to that. Circuit City. I stood in Circuit City for 25 minutes and nobody came to help me. And mind you, this gift card only works there. So I got to use it there for something. I stood there for 25, 30 minutes and nobody came to help me. I walked out the fucking store. I went across the street to Best Buy, bought the iPod with my own fucking money, and then came back to Circuit City and spent the money on accessories. Because my thing is, why am I going to spend money with you if I can't get the service? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. That just don't make sense to me. I don't give a damn if, like, my money only, like, if I got a gift card to get, but I don't give a fuck. I'm going to use it for something, but the money, the, the amount of money I would have normally spent there, not, because what's the fucking point? I'll come here for small shit. Cause when I went to spend the real money here, y'all didn't, y'all didn't fucking bother yeah. to come help me. Like that, that shit to me is like, it's, it's the same thing. And that goes for anybody. I don't care if it's a major change, if it's a small business or not. If you're not getting quality service from that place, there should be no expectation. Yeah, that, that I, I really hate that narrative of like, oh, you don't support black businesses. I'm all for support of black businesses, but it has to be worth it. And like, I um. I had an experience, shit, recently where I got my hair done. This girl butchered my shit. Like, it was terrible. And I just, like, so my version of support was I didn't, like, she sent me an email, excuse me, to review her. I just didn't respond. That's my version of support. I'm not going to, like, rat you out, but I'm just going to keep my opinions to myself. But I'll never go back. And that's my thing, because that's another thing. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to be one of the people that writes a whole long ass. Yeah, I'm not going to drag you. Yeah. was or anything like that. I don't do that. that no, it, and it I was really fucking bad. I, if if you ask me and you really want an answer, I have no problem giving it to you. But that would be a directed, hey, I really wasn't happy with what happened, you know, the service yeah. I received. But I'm not going to go out here and make a long ass post about how terrible you are and like tell everybody else. Because my thing is this. As a, as a community, what you should do, and this is for anybody, if you are do, if you feel like the service is not where it should be, let them know. Because the only way they're going to get better, because the reality is everybody may have a skill, but everybody's skill is not customer service. I was, oh my God, it's so funny as you said it. I was just about to touch on that. Like, it's crazy when you can have a talent and you could just be, like, horrible with people. Yes. I had another hairdresser like that. She does amazing fucking work. You, she'll have you in and out. And that's why it's like, like I, as I get older, what I value in customer service changes because it's just like, she's great, she's fast, she does a really good job. She has the personality of a fucking wet towel. Like, mm-hmm. she was, she's cold. She's just like just so standoffish she doesn't communicate she's almost it's almost borderline on rude realistically and i'm just like i went to her like three or four times and i was just like the last time i was just like never again i can't do this anymore like it's so bad because i was asking her a question and she was just like it's on instagram and i'm like bitch but i'm sitting here asking you like it was just like all right i won't go to her ever fucking again like she's terrible so just like what Will was saying, like, that is really a thing. Like, you can be talented. You can be the most talented person in the world, and you could just not have no people skills and no com- customer service skills. And I, and that makes me curious as to what do you do in that position of, like, you're not a people person, but you have this money. talent. Yeah, I want to make money. Yeah. yeah. I this thing, so, 
So it's like it's even though I feel like that's a cap out because I'm not a people person, but I'm not rude. Like, right. It's, so it's, you can it's be both. Yeah. It's something you. I think one of the biggest and most important things is when you own a business, when you run a business, and you're pro- providing a service. You have to be open to feedback. Yeah. That's the first thing. Treat others how that's you want to be treated. Just undervalued. Like you're delivering a service, but nobody's required to take come to you for said service. Because the reality is, whatever service you do, they're probably 10, at least 15, if not 2,000 other people that do the same thing. That's first thing. So when you're in that space where there are other people that do the service you that you do, you either have to be extremely better at them, or you have to provide an atmosphere that is better than what they provide. For example, um, there are restaurants you go to, like Cheesecake Factory, for example, their food ain't the greatest, but the yeah. atmosphere in the Cheesecake Factory... It's just great. Like it's a. It's I feel like they have too much stuff on the menu for them to they do. specialize they in anything. They have way too much stuff. The only on the thing menu. good on their menu is the cheesecake. It's too much shit on there for them to specialize in anything. Yeah, it's just in this. That's that's the most restaurants that are like the, like restaurants that large. Although the the fried macaroni is really good. They're, it was. This fried macaroni is an appetizer. It's good. Good as shit. But they always every time I go, the last two times I've been, they sold out. But time I got there, like, cause it, I've only went one time and it was just like I got. I think I got some random shit and I was just like, man, humbug. Like, like I said, the, the fried macaroni is probably the best thing I've had there as far as just appetizer. But other than that, like, I mean, cheesecake is really the best thing. Yeah, 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 just, for sure. But the atmosphere is just, even though it's too much stuff on the menu, but the atmosphere when you go in there. Um, same thing like Chick Fil A. I was gonna say that. that's how I feel about Chick Fil A. Like it's really just some chicken. Like y'all niggas it's be chicken, overhyping that but, shit. The atmosphere, the engagement that their employees have with the customers, they always like. I remember it's funny when I worked in um, and I worked in retail and customer service for most of my life. When I first got in the real and I first started working at Best Buy, one of the guys, um, one of my, the uh, the senior guys that had been there for a while, oh, he was an older guy. He was the most upbeat person you would ever meet, and one of the things I always got. Is that key? You need to smile more. You need to sell more energy. I was a great salesperson. I didn't really need to do that, but they were like, "Key, it's just you need to do that. Like, you need to be more, give more energy, and be smile more." And I'm like, uh, "Yeah, uh, I'm good. I do good." But as I got more into my career, as I um, aspired to do more, and I started to kind of just try it and just slowly but surely, because it wasn't going to be something that happened overnight. Because it wasn't natural for me. She'd just be like smiling randomly and shit like that. It's just not me. Um, but it also determined, it also took me being more comfortable with myself because still, I feel like the best salespeople and the best people to, um, in customer service people who are comfortable in their own skin, first and foremost. And yeah, They know sure. who they are. And so you're not trying to be anything different. So I think it was just me uh, applying that advice in my own way that worked best for me. And once I was able to do that, you couldn't tell me shit. But it's just a matter of you <clears> have <throat> to understand that ultimately you work in customer service. Is, and, and regardless of what skill you do when you deal with people, you work in customer service on some level. And you have to understand that. And a lot of people just don't get the importance of that part of it because they feel like, I'm good at what I do. For example, um, Wade. Wade is one of the best graphic designers you will see anywhere. Mm-hmm. Wade sucks when it comes to dealing with people directly because he has, <laughs> first of all, he has social anxiety. So that's the first thing. Ditto. So it's hard. For his interactions are nowhere near what they should be. Yeah. So a yeah. lot of times he's working. He works with the people he knows, and so a lot of the shit that he gets, as far as business-wise, comes from people he knows referring people to him. Yeah. Because he's not the kind of person that's gonna be out there doing it himself. But that's just who he is. That's always been him. 
So he's trying to grow out of that, but it's one of those things that you've been. If that's who you are, it's really hard to break out of that shell. It's just hard. It's like when people criticize like Summer Walker for her social anxiety and shit like that, um, because she's not her performances and stuff like that. And it's like she just got famous off the shit. Like you gotta let her grow. Like that shit's not easy to be thrust into. Okay, now I gotta perform in front of all these people. Nigga, I don't even like people like this. I just want to make some songs, but unfortunately. When you start popping, you gotta do shows. That's just what it is. That's where most of the money gonna come from nowadays. It's for shows. It's just always been that way. So I gotta do them. Like, right. You know, and, and she's not the kind of artist gonna sit there and do a whole set. Like, she's not Sienna Taylor. Like, yeah. that's not who she is. So, you know, she's not gonna sit here and do a whole dance set and shit like that. Like, it's just not, it's not who she is. So, people, but you also have to let her grow as an artist. She's still new to this shit. Like, what Ben's doing this, what, two years, really, really? Yeah. So, and now she's doing bigger venues now than she was doing before when she might have been doing 100, 200 people for. Exactly, yeah. Doing, you know, she, even about. when she came here, not the one she just had, but the concert she had last year, like, it was at the shelter originally, and they sold out so fast, they had to move it up to St. Andrews, like, because it yeah. was like... This is what you gotta, you gotta allow people to kind of, yeah. you know, it's, a, it's not an easy thing to do that, transition, so... Like I said, I think the biggest thing is, like, if you're going to, if you do have a bad experience with a business, for any business, but especially, um, I, I would rather people not go online and drag the person. I would, hey, if you have an issue with the service, respond to that person directly. Hey, you know, I just want to get some feedback on the service I received and my feelings about it. Don't be so standoffish, because I think another thing is we have this, this habit of trying to get with people and, like, and get in their face about, oh, how wrong they are. No, be professional or just be a, a, a fucking person. Yeah. And I wasn't really satisfied with the, you know, the service I received is the reason why. Um, and I just wanted to give this feedback because I feel like, you know, you do, you know, I, I, I've seen you do good work. Um, I These are just some things I felt like um, could have been better in my experience. It's, and it's constructive feedback. Yeah. If the person decides to take it, that's, up on, that's still up to them. But I feel like a person will be more willing to take that feedback that oh you fucked my hair up and never go to so and so because she's terrible and shit like that. Because mm-hmm. the only response you're gonna get is her getting they're gonna get that same energy with you and they're gonna be a back and forth and it's just, it's just it don't you know it's not constructive. It doesn't benefit anybody. Now this person has a bad reputation because you posted a long ass post online and shit. It went viral so now everybody has seen the shit. It just it don't help and that's usually what works against a lot of black businesses nowadays is that. They have a bad experience for some reason. They feel the need to go online and tell everybody the whole world about it instead of going to the person who gave you the bad experience and tell them why you thought it was a bad experience so they can actually get fucking better. Like that's the reason why every company in the world does surveys to get the, how their service was and things like that. Smaller companies don't necessarily have the money to do that, so there it has to come from you giving them direct feedback and hopefully they're open to it. But at least you gave them good genuine feedback and not just going online to try to drive them. It just don't they don't benefit them so. But um, enough about that. Enough about that. Uh, so uh, well, first uh, we 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 were together for the holidays. But how how was your holiday? How was your New Year? Um, my New Year was fine. I mean, like I said, we had a good time. You know, drank some shit. Um, a lot of shit, man. A lot of shit. Huh? You drank a lot. Of shit. Yeah, no, we had yeah, it was fun though. We yeah. had a good time at school, getting together with family and stuff like that. Same thing for Christmas. It was good. So it was a before and after video. So I recorded the video because they were doing a hustle, and I recorded that on Snapchat. And then there was a version of after they were like fucked up. Oh god, that shit was hilarious. I can only imagine how it looked. That shit, I'm like, where the fuck are y'all going? <laughs> yeah. 
it was it was quite interesting to say the least. But like it, it was good. Like I said, it was good to be around. Like that's just tradition in our family is to just bring in the new year together. Um, as a family, we've been doing it since we were fucking kids. <laughs> yeah. We, so we always we we tend to do that. I think maybe we have a couple years off here and there where we might everybody might do something different. But for the most part, that has been our tradition as a family is to bring in the new year together. Um, lots of liquor, food. Lots of fucking laughs and, and shit talking, but that's how my family is all the time. So it's really no different than any other time we're all together for the most part. Yeah, that's pretty much every holiday for us. So, um, but like I said, it's always a good time. Um, so it's funny when I see my uh, my sisters get drunk and they start acting fool. Yeah, sounds about right. Five seconds. Period. <laughs> I'm just saying. You're just saying it for no reason. It makes sense in the sentence. We're just there. I mean, so. it's just, I, I don't, I literally don't know what happened. I just started becoming this thing that I just say all the time. And it's like, I know it's like on its way out, but I don't care. Like, period. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> so, and we talked about, like, we kind of talked about feedback and people insults. So I want to, something I saw and it really kind of annoyed me. Um, and I remember seeing a post, but I didn't really see the, uh, the responses to it, but I, it kind of took off. All right, so, and I'm not going to even, even say the dude's name because he's a fucking idiot. Some dude on Twitter, and I remember I saw when he posted the shit. I think when Ari first replied to it or something. Oh, yeah. So, the dude posted, and this was on, it was on the new year, mind you, right? On January 1st, the afternoon, he posts, Ari, Ari Lennox and Tiana Taylor's ability to have dangerously high sex appeal while simultaneously looking like Rottweilers always will always amaze me. Um, Ari responded to us saying people hate blackness so bad and towards uh, Tiana saying no lies detected because here's my thing. And she had, I think Ari followed up by saying why are some people so comfortable with tearing black women down? Excellent question. Um, and I guess that's my thing because first and foremost, Tiana Taylor and Ari Lane are fucking beautiful. That's all I'm gonna do. It's the same bullshit that people say about Serena Williams. Yeah, for sure. And usually I get that from white people though. White yeah. women are usually the ones that say about uh about Serena. This is a black man saying this shit about them. Neither one of those women are ugly. That's first and No. Point. Not by a long shot. By any stretch of any fucking imagination. Yeah. It's ridiculous to me how and this is and this is um black men are funny to me and I am a black man so I, I feel like I have the authority to say this. Let's hear it, Claire. Everybody always accuse me of man bashing, so I'm gonna let you go ahead. I was listening to that when you saw me. Like, you always say you man bash. I'm like, oh, you know, usually she has pretty good points. Like, niggas don't like to hear the truth. I've I've learned that too. Um, I think they're just too afraid to say anything to me. So yeah, yeah, it might be true too. So here's the thing. You um, so black men have to um, understand something. Black men are the first to. Black men tend to be, especially in this generation. Um, black men, you know, I feel like black men are sound like white people sound when they say that whiteness is being attacked. Yeah, that's and I I, I seen one of my sisters said this shit before that black men are the white men of the black community. Oh, 
Absolutely. And a black men don't like to hear that shit, but it's fucking true. Because there are too many black men who have this, this superiority complex where they feel like, you know, their black women are not equal to them. And, yet, and, I, and I know it's going to be a lot of motherfuckers say, that's not true, that's not true, that's not true. But every time you niggas say it's not true, I can pull up 15 different um, examples of why y'all niggas act like that. So you can't tell me it's not true because there's too many examples of y'all actually doing it. Yeah. There is no reason. Like, Ari Lennox ain't did shit to you. Neither is Tiana Taylor. Any dude, any man, there are men, there are a million men in the world right now if they had a chance to even touch Tiana Taylor or fucking Ari Lennox would fucking, they would jump over a fucking room full of y'all niggas right now, first and foremost. Absolutely. Like, so, for you to even put that shit out, first of all, why are you uh, comparing a black woman to a dog? Really? Ultimately, her point about how people feel about black women is like, fucking sad. It's this whole thing about, like, black men, it's, you motherfuckers, y'all don't value our women, and that's and that's the best that's the best way I can put it because it's too many times where y'all take any chance y'all can to take take shots at our black women, and it's to the point now where y'all just don't, and it's to now where anytime a black woman does anything remotely quote unquote. Um, wrong or anything that a black man feels like is a way opportunity for them to attack, they do. They latch on to shit. Oh shit! See, if a black man said that, mm-hmm. blah, blah. like little Duval pulls some shit the other way. To my, I've never heard white women say or not. There are no good white men out there. Um. So, first of all, when you're the, ma- minor- ma- the majority, you don't really just say your color. <laughs> Yeah. If you have not, if you don't notice this, is why people don't say why don't white crime. Yep. They're the majority. Most of their crime is going to be against them because they're a majority. Period. They are the fucking majority. So yes, you're not. When you are the majority, you're not going to use your race. Black people use their race because motherfucker, we are the minority, and we have to make it a point to say, nigga, we are a part of society first. We're just as much as you guys are, but because y'all focus so much on our race, we focus so much on our race. That's just how it works. Facts. It wasn't something we created. So, no, white women are not going to say there are no good white men out there. No, they're going to say there are no good men out there. Period. And generally when they say that, they're talking about white men. Obviously. Like, so that, and this is the thing. Guys always looking for, guys always trying to, they're trying to maintain, black men are trying to maintain the status quo. Uh, black men are the superior and in this and that. And so they're always looking for every opportunity to take shots at black women for telling you black men that they're fucking fed up. You really can't win for losing. Like, they're going to shame you no matter what. So, all you pick me's, give it up, sis. Right, it's, one, it's, it's the fucking most frustrating thing in the world to me when I hear all these black men that take every opportunity to say something bad about black women or how black women, oh, black women always saying black men ain't shit. Because they are going off their fucking experience. That's why I, that, I think that is the most weird concept to me, I think, about it, is that that small fact is that people are talking about their own experiences or the experiences of their peers or what they see or what they hear, and they formulate these opinions. So it's like it's not it, it's not as if people are pulling that idea out of their heads and out of their asses, which is why I guess I'm always kind of like, 
okay so your point is what because that's still that person's experience and you can't belittle anybody else's fucking experience period if if i if i came over tomorrow and you've known me you're my little sister you've been around me all all your life period and you've seen every relationship i've been in i've been in some trash ass relationships yes you have if i want to come out tomorrow and say black woman ain't shit you probably will say yeah based on his experience i can see why you say that yeah because he's had some trash ass situations where i can see why you would say that the issue is as a the reason I wouldn't say that is because even as a black as a black man who's had a really bad experience with black women, I'm not I'm not marginalized again by black women. Why black women are black marginalized by black men? Yeah. Black women are treated as this um this oh y'all are just expected to do certain things or expected to hold us down even while we out here doing bullshit yeah. or doing dumb shit. Um, you're expected to hold us down. Well, we out here cheating. You just supposed to, you know, you're the black woman. You're supposed to be the. the We're talking mom. down about you you're, or belittling we, you. We talk down about you. We we bash you. We say we for years said dark skinned women weren't weren't beautiful. We we always valued the lighter skinned or the fair skinned women for so long. Where every fucking black film, the 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 interest of every fucking black guy was his light skinned chick. European standards of beauty, it was people. Always that thing. Whereas now we're in a society where. Blackness in, in 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 fashion and stuff is at least getting recognized, but you still have black men who still criticize it, like in this situation. Yeah, where sure. the white men, the rich white men who are married to black women, them niggas go for all of the darkness. I was just and I people would be pressed when I say this, but um, yeah, fuck it, whatever. Here we go. It seems like like when the times where I see a white like um a white guy with a a black woman she is like black yes like natural hair Mm -hmm. and like you know saying dark skin like very like black yes you know what i'm saying like it's no like it's none of that old like ambiguous blackness or anything like that like it's a clearly it's a black woman and i and i've experienced that i've been i've been a white on dates with white guys maybe like once or twice in my life and it was kind of the same thing like oh my god i love your hair if i was natural or stuff like that where it's just like actually and realistically to be honest like i get hit on way more when i have bundles or braids than i do when i wear like my hair in a twist out or something like that and most of that obviously perpetuated by black men like i remember when my best friend was just going natural and her boyfriend at the time was like why you come out the house like that you need to comb your hair like shit like that it's this this stigma on black women when they wear their natural hair and it comes from black men and it comes from like obviously just like these spaces of like businesses and companies and you know, like work your workplace where it's like perpetuated of like what's not professional and that just awesome i mean ultimately goes back to just like double standards and um discrimination realistically but i mean black men do it too and that's like how are we supposed to feel when these are our peers and like our other halves and you would think that they would understand our plight and our struggle but they don't try to no. They're not almost this, almost like separate themselves for it. That's why you always hear like, when a when a black guy really does like, or he chooses to enjoy the company of the majority or some other exotic race or whatever, their first instinct is to bash black women. It's like you can love who you want to love without bashing us, but rarely ever does it happen. Yeah, and it's like, look, I don't, 
Like I said, you said, I don't care. We grew up in a family where look, I have a sweetest cousin. Let's be clear. So I don't give a damn who you date, who you marry, who you love. But what you're not going to do. Yeah, it's bad. That's in the process. A whole race of people because you prefer this. And like I said, if I chose tomorrow that, oh, you know, I want to date a white woman because of my bad experience with black women. And then, first of all, I don't, and that's another thing, I don't liken my bad experience to a whole race of women. My bad experiences are based on those individuals. That's the first thing y'all got to get out of the habit of doing is your bad experience as far as um, your relationships and things like that um, can be individualized. Now, what I will say, like I said, also as a guy, I can say that. As black women, their mistreatment goes beyond just their <clears throat> dated. It goes um, to the men who've approached them. It goes to the men who, who comment on their posts nowadays, the, black, the men who are in their fucking mentions, and they get a consistent, and also just the shit they see you guys say. Yeah. Like, y'all niggas be mad now talking to, like, every time, like, for example, um, like, you know, I talked about this before when the whole Cardi shit came about when she was, running, the whole thing about her robbing um guys when she was a stripper. Aw, see? If a guy said that shit. That nigga, y'all been saying shit for 25 years in rap. Okay, period. Like, y'all I'm... been kidnapping the baby mother. Okay, going in bitches' purses. All type of shit. Um, like, that shit's been going on forever. And every time I heard drugging people, like, first of all... You ain't even know. Um, yeah. Like, I love her girls. Like, right now, I love her girls. Okay, period. Yeah. But you need to know it, okay? T-Pain been drugging bitches in his songs for years. I don't, like... I guess the only thing now is that we're a bit more sensitive. But y'all niggas are so quick to forget. And that's not because okay. It's not them doing it. Exactly. What, what it boils down to is uh, black men are, they feel threatened because black women are gaining more control. And uh, first of all, their sexuality. Yeah, just um, being in power. They don't like that. Power. They don't, they're not, they're not in a position now where they Niggas feel like they're, they're, me. They're, I ain't gonna hold they're, you they're submissive or to, um, to men. And the other thing is that black man has this whole thing about black women being submissive. Or that um, we're incapable of being submissive. Like, or being incapable. It's like, no, nigga, you ain't the nigga I'm supposed to be submissive too. Period. You have to shit. earn that shit. Nobody, nobody expects you. You're not, you, I'm not just because you a black man and you like me, you know me, I'm supposed to be submissive to you, nigga. You ain't the man that's supposed to be, I'm supposed to be submissive And I'm pretty sure, realistically, that, I mean, depending on the Bible or whoever you pray to, that whole idea of submission comes in terms of, like, your husband. Yes, Y'all yes. want bitches to submit to you as her situationship or as her boyfriend or as it like nigga put a ring on it like who has no intention of ever putting a ring on it yeah because that's one thing I read an article the other day about like somebody was saying I would never be a girlfriend again and they just want somebody to commit because like we give so much to boyfriends like what do you expect from me and it's just like what do we have left to give our husband because you are talking about submission and cooking and cleaning and all this stuff like that and just like you literally like niggas are fixing on having the milk a cow whatever the whole fucking farm shit yes the whole fucking farm like they want it all and it's just like what's left for your husband like because what's left no exactly Unless so it's like you want to play house with a girl that you don't even take you seriously no damn what you have no intention of ever marrying and woman. that's ridiculous you may not ever, like you just but you want this woman to do everything for you like she's your wife 
and that's the thing that I really, I really wish men realized circle back around. Like the girls that you take for granted, the ones that you mistreat, the ones that you do wrong, that just that just keeps cycling. So when you meet a girl and she do you wrong, she fuck you up, she done probably came across across one of your counterparts yep. that fucked her up. You know what I'm saying? It's a cycle. And and the and the faster you learn that, the better off you'll be. Like so when you think about the next time you want to break somebody hard and you want to mistreat them and do them wrong, think about that. That's gonna come back tenfold. You're gonna meet somebody else that, that somebody else's victim. And you're going to be dealing with that. That's the one thing I always appreciate um, about my father is my father made it clear to me, like, the the way you're supposed to value your wife. Yeah, for sure. he, there was never even, and mom, you know, our mom, she worked up until she couldn't when she got sick. And even though she was, you know, she home and she was, you know, she became a housewife at that point because she couldn't work. My, you know, it wasn't nothing for us to rig up my dad and bought her two dozen roses for the hell of it or shit or her buying or whatever just because he wanted to show her no matter what I appreciated you. Um, even now, like, he just, that's just who he is. And he, he valued his wife. He values his spouse. He wasn't, he made it clear to you that, look, nigga, I, like I said, I always talk, talk about before where one time I actually, I stepped outside myself and stepped to mom one time and dad let me know, nigga, you never do that shit again. Cause look, nigga, that's my wife. You might be my son, but nigga, that's my wife. Yeah. And then nigga, it come between the two of y'all. You gone, nigga. It's <laughs> like, and that's the thing. Like he, he made it the point that like you, your wife, the one, the woman you marry, the woman you're, you're, you dedicate your, you, you're gonna share your life with. That's supposed to be everything. But a lot of you niggas don't even very, like y'all have no intention of marrying these women, but y'all want these women to give you everything they're supposed to have. And then by the time they actually get to a man, they so fucking they totally fucking done because you took all the fucking energy and effort they had and you did nothing with it. And now all of a sudden now they they're, and so when the right man comes along, either they're not ready for it because they fucking drained, or they can't give that man what they what he needs because you took all that shit. They they wasted all that energy and time on you. Why the nigga that they should have been was right there. Yeah. And so now it's like, fuck it. Now they didn't miss the opportunity. Now I got to settle for your dumb ass. Because a lot of times it gets to a point where now they like, well, fuck it. I've been doing this shit for four or five years now. Might as well stay with this dumb nigga. He ain't going to marry me, though. It might be 12 years before I marry this nigga. And it might be uh, one of the things where I finally wear him down. Fuck no. I hope You see that a lot. I mean, no, you definitely see it. It's crazy to me. But I just want you motherfuckers to know, absolutely fuck not. Absolutely not. I would never, ever in the and history of a nigga. One of my coworkers, she, her and her, her child, her children's father, they had all three kids together, together for 12 years before they finally got married. Oh, had three yeah. kids together and everything. We together the whole time. I'm sorry. My ovaries, it's all that is closed until you put a ring on it, sir. All that shit for him to, they, to finally get married. And I, I don't have 12 years to do really? shit. 12 years? Really? Oh, no, 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 no. Like, I, don't, I, I just don't understand skated. that shit. Like, it doesn't take 12 years to know you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody. It definitely doesn't. It just doesn't. It don't. 12 so, years? Oh, shit. And when I asked her, like, and I'm like, are those kids about him? The fuck? Are y'all sick? This one like me? Like, the hell? But, you know, and, <clears> but again, <throat> it, going back to the original point, like, we need to value our women more, and it's like, I don't know why black men have this tendency to just jump out the window and say some ignorant shit about black women. Um, and like I said, it's one thing, like I say, white, white people are going to say dumb shit, cause it's, it's, especially when it comes to blackness, because they don't understand or they just don't appreciate or they don't care. Black men of all, like, 
and black men black men are too um quick to blame black women for everything they blame black women for the the decline of the black family or they they blame black women because our kids aren't are they they blame black women for their, for kids being gay they blame black women because these kids don't have their men in their life when you as a man could have been in your kills like you really wanted to like yeah there are outliers with our yes women that, are, that don't want to be bothered with you but sometimes a lot of those times it's really that she you know you're a toxic ass person. She probably don't want you to run a kid because you ain't gonna do shit anyway. Also, spending money on your child does not mean your father. I just want to point that out too. And can you niggas stop babysitting your kids? Cause that's actually not a thing. It's not. You just parenting my nigga. Well, I don't know about that. Well, you think that's what you're supposed to be what doing? You're supposed to be doing. But you definitely not fucking babysitting. No. Cause you can't babysit something that belongs to you. And don't and don't and don't and don't baby supposed to be babysitting your kid. Go get your kid and then take him to your parents' house and then leave him. Cause a lot I of people do that, that shit. shit yeah, see, for sure. Shit. They get the kid knowing their mama want to see the kid. Like, oh, I ain't seen her in a while. Oh, well, you want to keep him? So I'll get him. You can get him. And then, yeah, yeah. They We had fun. We spent all our time together. Nigga, no, you didn't. What you doing, baby? See, nigga, no, you not. What? Like, it's just like, it's crazy to me. But black, black, black men tend to blame our black women for everything that's wrong with the black um, community. And it's ridiculous hell to me because the reality is that as black men, you realize that you motherfuckers set the the standard of what goes on in the black community because y'all are uh, y'all are quote unquote the patriarchs of the black community. So guess what? This shit starts with y'all. Niggas want women to follow without giving us any like leadership. It's like, hey, I want you to follow me here. Okay, so but right. it's dark, nigga. Um, can you light a path or something? No, no, I just figure it out. Like it's like following. The, it's like it's like the blind leading the blind. But you want the women to be the beacon of light, but you want them to follow you. Like, nigga, what the fuck? And then when everything go wrong, it's always on the black woman. It's always her fault. It's always so far that shit didn't go right. It's always her fault that our black men are so, quote unquote, our black men are, quote unquote, not men. Um, it's, it's the woman's fault that the black, our black, our men don't have fathers or it's this, it's like y'all, cause y'all independent. It's like, no, nigga. Her independence has nothing to do with you, nigga. Her independence has everything to do with her not thinking she has to depend on a man to fucking let her live her life. That doesn't have anything to do with your children because ultimately it's still your job to be there for your child. And a lot of you niggas, the reason that you guys, a lot of you niggas are not in your children's lives, and let's be clear, is because the woman don't want shit to do with you on a sexual level anymore, and y'all don't like that shit. Because y'all want yeah. what y'all want from the situation. Access. And it's like, y'all want access. And if you feel like if you're going to be around, you at least need to have that. Y'all want that shit on demand, and it's not the way that shit works. And once she done fucking with you on that level, you don't like it. So then it's always, you always want to make every bullshit excuse on why you don't want to be, like, like, why you tell everybody, oh, she keep me away from my son. But it has been a situation <clears throat> where I know niggas, um, baby moms. I know for a fact she ain't keeping you away from your son. Your kid been asking for you every day, and she had to, she got to explain to her kid why your ass ain't came around, but you ain't bothered. Yeah. When you texting us talking about yeah, what, what could I, how can I be a better father? How about you be around, nigga? How about you be around? Yeah. Now your your child has another man in her life who was showing her what a man and a father is supposed to be, and now she has an example. She had us as her her uncles being there. And now she has an actual man who loves her mother and also showing her what it means to be a father and be a man in her life. Why you've been this whole year, all her life, seven, eight years, you sitting around acting like a dumbass. Like, so, and you, so you, and I know for a fact it was always you, it was always you. 
But you niggas don't. It, it's always gonna be the woman's fault. It's always gonna be all oh, this, this this imaginary bullshit about how she don't want me to see my kid. Most times, nigga, it's you, and most times it's you not making an effort. Yeah. The reality is, if you really wanted to see your child, you could. And um, so kind of going to actually kind of stand in the same vein of the Ari Lennox shit. So Meg the Stallion posted a picture of her. Um, Blue Ivy and, and Beyonce in a pic, and um, the trolls decided. Oh God! That they wanted to start bullshit again, and um, it's really frustrating because the reality is <clears throat> she's a fucking child. She's seven years old. Since this baby was born, yeah, been criticizing her. She's a fucking child. They've been criticizing her. And if you really think about it, of all the celebrity kids, she's probably been the least controversial. She don't do shit. Her parents, she come out to events with her parents. But for the most part, that little girl don't do nothing. She ain't she ain't putting everybody face. They ain't tried to make her famous. She's just living her life as a child. She just happens to be a child of famous people. Like... And that's the reason why you know, and I and I think the, that's part, and I know for a fact that's a large reason why they don't even bring Rumi and Sarah out as much because of all the bullshit. Yeah, that, all the that backlash that Blue got. And it's like she's a fucking child. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous that notion of just like, like, just shut the fuck up. It literally costs you absolutely nothing to mind your fucking business. But I digress. And so. And so this is what happened. So Ben Stellan posted a picture. So um, a film critic for Vanity Fair uh, responded to her tweet saying, I have a feeling that the Jay-Z face jeans are about to really hit Blue Ivy, and I feel so sorry for her. Yeah. And then Violet Luca, a web ed- editor for Harper's Bazaar, replied to Kyla's tweet saying they haven't already. Luca add, add it, or she'll just get plastic surgery at 16 a la Kylie Jenner and we'll all have to pretend that she's always looked that way. I can't allow myself to feel too sorry for the incredibly rich. So of course they've quote unquote issued apologies. Mm, of course they of course did. They, they've issued apologies. That's because fucking some surface level shit with absolutely no depth that mean absolutely nothing but I digress of course not so here's the thing first and foremost who I was a child I am I've, I'm, I'm pretty well versed in pop culture um, I see a lot I can guarantee there has never been an instance where a, a, a white celebrity's child has been criticized as a child, for not doing anything as much as Blue Ivy has. Yeah. I can guarantee the most you may have heard about a white celebrity's child is that they gave them a funny name. I love Blue, I mean, Blue Ivy, some of you with a funny name. I understood what it meant to them, but for a lot of people, okay. But when white people, white celebrities are naming their kids Apple mm-hmm. and shit like that, you really can't come to me and talk about what I'm just saying. I'm, that's just just a thought. Especially when Apple don't mean shit. It's but it's also, when you think about it, it also goes back to the idea that Ari Lennox was saying, like, 
what the fuck is your issue with blackness? It's like it's something where it's like, and honestly, in the past few years, it's been very like clear that black children don't get to be children. And we we've already seen that we see that in all these things that's happened, all these deaths, and all these murders that black black children don't get to be children. But it's just kind of like. I think that's why it's easy to disregard the fact that she's a child and insult her anyway and talk shit about her even though she's a child. Like, you're literally talking about somebody's child, but it's like black children. We don't get that privilege of being able to be kids. And, and especially in the part that she's a celebrity. Exactly, child, so especially, like, and especially in the limelight. So... I mean, unfortunately, I'm not surprised by this, but the fact that it's just so palpable and easy to understand, it's just like, it's just happening, people are okay with it happening. Like, the fact that I even felt comfortable saying that, About a child. it shows you the issues. And like I said, going back to what Ari was saying, it's like, oh, I'm trying to police free speech. It's like, why is that your speech? Why is that what you want to say about a child? About a child. About a child. About a fucking child. That's just ridiculous. Child. Like, just shut the fuck like up. A child. Like, from the time she was born, she was, they were criticizing um, Beyonce keeping her hair natural. Which, if you see her hair in that picture, you know why. Because she never put any products or shit in her hair. So now her hair can really flourish like it should be. As opposed to her being permed at a young age and things like that. She just chose to keep her hair natural. Her hair is just like Beyonce's. Beyonce's hair is froze naturally. If anybody knows any better. But... Like, she wears her hair certain ways because, you know, like you said, European standards, blah, blah, blah. But as she's gotten older, she starts to wear her hair more out and stuff like that. But it's like, y'all just want to criticize something for the fucking sake of criticizing. That little girl ain't did shit to y'all. Not a damn Not a thing. damn thing. They purposely allowed her to be a child. As the one, they, they, they tried to, she may come out to events every once in a while and shit like that. But for the most part, they've allowed that little girl to be a child and enjoy being a kid. And I, and I appreciate them for doing that because I know how hard that is to do. Well, I don't necessarily know firsthand, but I can understand. I can uh, I can imagine how hard that is to be when you're a celebrity to allow your kid to just be a fucking kid. Just to be a fucking kid when you're always in the fucking limelight. That's why I appreciate LeBron James and his, um, his um, wife and their kid, especially his son, their daughter. They've allowed her to just be a fucking kid. She's a fucking kid. You may see a, a clip on his like live or something when he at home and shit. But for the most part, he allows her to be a kid and not be, um, quote unquote, famous. Other than for the fact that she's LeBron James' daughter, like allowing these kids to be kids and grow up and understand that they are still children and allowing them to be children is important because, as you say, especially in the black community, kids grow up way too fucking fast and they're forced to. They're forced to grow too fast, and when you're in the limelight, this celebrity that adds more onto it. And that's why you see a lot of these um, celebrity kids end up in situations where they're on drugs, they have depression, all these different things because they were never allowed to be kids because the world decided, hey, you're so-and-so's kid, so now we want to know everything about you, so now we're going to write top yeah. we're going to make comments about you, we're going to pull all these things out about you because I, you're so-and-so's kid. So-and-so's kid, don't me being so-and-so kid don't make me anything more than a fucking kid. And mm-hmm. that doesn't make me grow up any faster. I'm still a fucking child and I need to adjust just like everybody else to the fact that I live in this world. So I'm glad that they've kind of tempered how much they put her out there and they did, they've done the same thing with the twins and probably even more so because of what happened with Blue. And it's still people I can criticize her. It's like she's a fucking kid. And, then I, and I, I appreciate it. Somebody posted a picture of Beyonce when she was her age and she looked just like her. Yeah. So I'm like, what the fuck? She literally <clears throat> looks just like her fucking mother at the age. 
Like, but even still, shut the fuck it up. Matter. It wouldn't matter. But, because the end of the day. Like, nobody is, like, nobody's told y'all to be there. First of all, y'all on some whole pedophile shit. Why are y'all sitting here deciding if this baby is cute or not? Like, right. it's a child. Shut the, shut up. Just shut the fuck up. Like, y'all, and, and, and that's, that's the thing I... I you're always projecting how beautiful somebody's going to be or how, how beautiful a kid is going to be or things like that. Why? Do y'all care? Like, why do y'all care? Like, you can say it's a cute baby. You can say, oh, she's a really cute, pretty child. But y'all projecting how she's going to look as she gets older tells me something about you. Why do you fucking care so much about how this kid is going to look when they get older? Unless you have some fucking weird-ass thoughts that I don't really want to talk about. Like, this shit is just weird as hell to me. It's like, y'all niggas need to get a fucking life, dog. Like, they don't even understand how that shit even happens. But, whatever the case may be, Boo Ivy looking at you niggas like y'all peasants. So. Period. Like, she like. She worth more than both of y'all motherfuckers right. talking about her, so just relax. She had royalties at two months. What the fuck you talking about? <laughs> so, um. So, this is more, I mean, eh. So, we don't get into a conversation. Um, so first and foremost, I want to say rest in peace to David Stern. Yes, R.I.P. Um, passed away at 77. He had a brain hemorrhage <clears throat> about a month ago. Um, and he passed away on Wednesday. And um, for somebody like me, I grew up on the NBA. Um, and David Stern was just always there. He, David Stern was a very prominent, I mean, he was, he's probably, he's by far the greatest probably sports commissioner of all time. Um, the one thing you hear if you hear all the people talk about David Stern is he was such an intelligent man. Like, David Stern was a lawyer by trade, and he was a very intelligent man, um, but he was very, very stern, no pun intended. He was very, um, he was, he, he, his goal was to make the NBA what it is now. Because, like I said, a lot of people don't, like, we're, a lot of people are too young to understand the NBA was on the verge of bankruptcy when he took over. Like, it was bad. They were gonna take the like, like it was bad. Like it was it was not it wasn't in a great space. So for him to take it where it, it ultimately became comes now was a huge thing. And you know, you have all these you have some of the, the greatest players in the game are all international players. If it wasn't for David Stern, you wouldn't have a, a Giannis or a Luka Doncic or a Dirk Nowitzki or shit, even Tim Duncan, because Tim Duncan's technically from another country. Right. A lot of those players, these Manu Ginobili, <clears throat> Tony Parker, all these great players that you have in the league, that you had in the league in these Hall of Fame careers, none of that shit would have happened if it wasn't for David Stern taking the game international and making it a global brand. That, none of that shit would have happened. Um, so, and a lot of people are going to, you know, there are people who are always going to bring up, like, he wasn't perfect. He definitely made mistakes. He made decisions that a lot of people didn't agree with. Um, Lakers fans will always bring up the Christian uh, Paul thing. They're still upset about it. Um, what it, happened? So it was years ago uh, when Chris Paul still played um, for his first team, which was the the Hornets when they were in New Orleans. And um, there was going to be a trade. And at this time, the, the league owned the Hornets because I guess the owner had – something happened where the league was owned in charge of the Hornets at the time. And there was a, tra- a trade proposed negotiated to trade Chris Paul to the Lakers. This was at the time where the Lakers needed it. And they would probably won a championship day guy. He vetoed the trade because he felt like it would it would mess up competitive balance at the time. So he voided the trade. It is the first and only time this ever happened. 
Lakers fans will never let you forget this shit. Oh, yeah. They will never let you forget this shit. And like, no, nigga, we would have had five championships. Nigga, shut the fuck up. Like, shut the fuck up. But that's, Lakers fans are still pissed about that to this day. But aside from that, the other thing that people bring up is um, the uh, dress code, the NBA dress code. So it was at 98, 99, David Stern inter- um, instituted a dress code in the NBA. And basically it was like, you're going to come to work in a professional manner, basically. Like, so you had to wear a suit and you had to dress Damn, up. was that that long ago? I thought yeah. it was more recent than that. No, it was like, it was right, you know, 98, 99, something like that. Huh. Maybe okay. 2000, but it was like, it was years ago. It was at least 20 years ago. Okay. Um, And a lot of people were, of course, were mad. A lot of people thought it was a, it was racially charged because the NBA is predominantly black, of course. So everybody was like, oh, he's being sensitive. And it was and right around the time with hip-hop culture. I, I, Iverson was at the peak of his career, and he... You know, he dressed the way he dressed because he dressed like a fucking rapper. Yeah. <laughs> War chains and shit like that. So, um, and Jalen Rose was talking about this. He's like, like we, we all knew. Like, he was doing that shit to satisfy the white customers because that's what he was trying to sell the game. So he did that shit for a reason. Whether or not people agree with it or not, he had a reason for doing it. And Jalen Rose was like, yeah, it was kind of a weak link. Like, most of us didn't abide by the shit, and eventually it was gone. But... If he hadn't, like, he did it to sell the league, ultimately, because he knew he was selling, because that was always the challenge. He had to sell a predominantly black league to white people. Right. That's not an easy task. It's just not. That was the reason why the league was in such dire straits before, because it was a predominantly black league, and you're trying to sell it to a bunch of fucking white fans, unfortunately. And so he had to do things that to appease white people selling, because he was the first commissioner to make the league about the, the players, because... If you look at any other league, NFL, they don't they don't market their players. They market the shield. It's football. It's the NFL. Baseball baseball does it a little bit, but they didn't before. He was the first commissioner to say, no, I have these great players, and they can be stars. They can be people you look at and be like, oh, shit, I want to be like him. That's what's you – no, know, those are things that eventually led to I want to be like Mike and all those different things that eventually happened. With, and you see all these um, NBA players as stars because he marketed, he started doing that. He marketed Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and, and Michael Jordan and all, and, Magic, and all these great players. And that ultimately is what built the league up because it's like, shit, NBA um, players were looked at as more accessible than if you look at football. Because first of all, if you go to an NBA game, if you're on near the court, you, you feel like you can reach out and touch those players. If you're in an NFL game, the players are far as hell away from you. You're at a hockey game, you're behind glass. When you're in a, in a, NBA, a baseball game, you're it's like you're not close to these people. Yeah, at yeah. At the NBA game, you feel like you can reach out and touch your players. And so he he focused on building that up. A lot of people didn't see it at the time. And so David was not David was no short of he was he definitely let it go. He would he would let into he let into people a bunch of times. David was not he wasn't afraid to tell you how he felt, but and he made decisions that a lot of people didn't agree with, but he also made some things that were really big at the time. When Magic Johnson had to retire because he had HIV. At that time there was a lot of ignorance about HIV. A lot of players thought if he was on the court that if they touched you, they can catch it. They were stupid. It was a lot of ignorance and uncertainty about the disease at the time. <laughs> and everybody back then assumed as soon as you got HIV, you automatically got to you have an AIDS. Yeah. Even Magic thought that at the time. Nobody was really sure. And David was one of the people when Magic initially retired, he was there to support him. But when they said they wanted to bring Magic back for an all-star game, 
David was like, no, we're going to be ahead of this and we're going to support him and we're going to kind of make this clear. Like, no, that's not the case. Like, this is what it really is. And he was really a big part of making yeah. it happen. And so a lot of people, and a lot of people were still, but, and Magic came out and had one of the greatest all-star games ever. And it was, I remember like that game, like it was back, like, um, like it was yesterday, but like he was really ahead of the time. He's the reason WNBA was created. And a lot of people didn't think he'd be in WNBA would last four years. That shit's been around for 23. Yeah. He's the reason that happened because he um it was after the ninety five Olympics or ninety six Olympics when the, um, when the women went over there and won and he was like yo we need to have a women's league and he was really he was instrumental in creating that because he felt like women's sports especially women's basketball needed the attention and and even though they've had their challenges the fact that they've been around for twenty three years and still going that's due to David Stern so David Stern he definitely wasn't perfect and he made decisions a lot of people didn't agree with and may not necessarily um, didn't like but he always had the NBA's best interest at heart and he's the reason why the NBA is where it is now and you have players when he, they said when he took over the average the average the league total was um, he said the average you could buy a team for five million dollars back when he took over the average team's worth two billion dollars now the average salary back then was like 300, 500 grand a year. The average salary is 15, you can get 15 million and nobody know who the fuck you are. Like that's that's crazy that it's coming that far. A lot of other commissioners in NFL and others um and other leagues look up to him. They call him the Dean of Commissioners. Like so like it's one thing like like is a lot of other people that look for him and learn from him. Like so I just want to say rest in peace to David Stern, like I said, because as a, a NBA fan growing up. You know, David Stern was always around. David Stern was always great on draft day because at the draft, they would always boo him. And he was always egging them on, like, oh, you guys retired? You want to boo some more? Come on. Like, he was like a wrestling, like a, a wrestler when we do that shit because he was just talking shit to the fans, like, yo, y'all want to boo? Come on. Y'all tired already? Come on. We ain't nothing. Like, they were always trying to boo him, like, the whole time. He was like, come on. I'm ready for it. What's up? Um, So, what was the other thing? So, I sent you, um, well, I showed you the text I sent on New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah. Um, and I just, it made me think about just the idea of drunk text because it's always this thing about, like, you may have wanted to say something to somebody for whatever reason, um, whether it's good or bad, and you've been holding it in, and then you get a little liquor in your system. And... And even and you might necessarily be thinking it, but you don't necessarily think it's gonna come out. You be typing and, and like, oh, I'm sending this random New Year's text, Happy New Year, so and so. And then somehow you go back and looking like, oh shit, I sent that. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's always funny to me because I've like I always see people joke about drunk tests, and I've gotten a couple of drunk tests in my life, and I'm like, wait, what? The fuck happened? Oh shit, I sent you that. Yeah, you you sent me that. You definitely sent me that. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> um. I don't really know how to respond to that. <laughs> I don't. I wonder what's, be- what's better, them not responding or them responding? Um, In your opinion? I get. I think responding on some level, I think they, because I was also, when I sent that text, as I realized I sent it, I was wondering how the, like, because you always wonder, because I think if I don't, if I don't know, if I don't get a response, I'm a wonder, like, what are they thinking? that am I going to ever hear from this person again? <laughs> like, are they going to just cut me off when I when I text them uh, next time I see it, next I, I text them or something, if it's going to just be dead air? Did they block me already? Like, you know, so I think I would rather them respond so at least I know, you know where I stand. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, I didn't think about that. I like, oh, shit, I ain't completely throw them off. 
like, I want to at least know, like, okay, where do we stand? Are we still cool? Um, is it going to make things, you know, because and I can figure out later on if things are going to just be awkward. But at least with text, if I can still talk to you or communicate, at least that we're at least we're not like like totally off with this like off the shits. But but if if it ends up being anything awkward down the line, at least I want to know, and hopefully we can have a conversation about it and things like that. It, I feel like it's at least a lot easier if it's somebody you've known for a while. Yeah. Because there's already an established relationship, a friendship there, so they're not as quick to cut you off when they hear some shit that just throws them off. Tell them what? Are you okay? Right. Like, what the fuck going on? Like, are you are you in a situation? Is this a safe word? Like, I'm confused. Um, have you, do you, have you sent or received drunk text messages before? I feel like you sleep. No. Um, <laughs> I, I don't usually go in detail. So the time that I have drunk text somebody, it was usually just like a, hey, like I'm usually trying to like check the temperature before I be on bullshit. <laughs> So usually I'm just like, hey, you, I'm good for a hey stranger. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm usually always trying to fill it out before I go, like, on the deep end, like, damn, kind of miss you. Like, it re- I really literally have to make sure they're going to respond first because I'm not going to hold you up. I'm definitely, like, terrified of rejection. Like, I would really think about that shit after the fact. Like, damn, that nigga really ain't texting me back. Like... So I got to check the temperature first. Yeah, because the, the you up text is a thing. Oh, yeah. The, the oh, you I'm up text. you up, too. The you up? Yeah. You up? I, I get the, the You up. <laughs> uh, hey, stranger. Hi, period, nigga. That's all me. Like, that, those are, like, temperature checks. Like, hi, what? period. Especially, once that's a nigga response to the you up. It's all good. Like, you already know you in there. Like, it's like... Actually, I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh shit, here we go. Because like, as a guy, as a guy who's received a you up text, missing a you up text is like the worst thing man, in the world. I mean, no, it go both ways. Like, I'm you up text. Man, like, you wake up fuck. the next morning like, what the fuck? I'm like, of all shit. times to be sleep, nigga. <laughs> Because in texts like that, it's only sent or, in or come see certain me. hours. Come see me. And then I see this shit later, like, oh, mother, what? You can't send texts like that with a son up. Like, nope. it literally has to be with certain In that moment, because then yeah. as soon as that moment passes. Because motherfuckers will think, like, oh, damn, I was on some bullshit. Like, no, 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 like, no, we were good. Yeah. No, I was, I was in the moment, like, no, but. We can we can extend yeah, the moment. Some, some, no, we can no, extend no, the moment. I can, I can I can be I can be in the car right now. Tell me some, I was already on my way. I was just see if you was home. Like you gotta. I don't even know. Like, it's so hard to get it back after you lost. At all. It's so. And then you but be and you be trying to recreate that shit like for the next couple of days and see like okay, what show happened again. You stand up. Oh like, man, I've definitely done that. Stand like, up. Come one the night before. Then I'm like, I'm going. I'm going to sleep. I'm not going. Just in case. You turn your ringer all the way up. <laughs> you like I'm not, not today. I'm not missing I'm not it this missing. time. Like I've definitely done all of that shit. Like uh uh-uh. uh Volume all nope. the way up, vibrate on everything. I'm not missing. Let me find the loudest ringer. Let me find the loudest ringer. Seriously, <laughs> you gotta turn shit to alarm. Uh, uh, 
Like, listen, the mission that you up text, you be like, drain that shit the rest of the day. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, you be thinking about it for a long ass time. Like, if only y'all was up. And I'm like, I really be thinking, I should have took my ass to sleep. Like, what could I have done differently? Shit. Damn. All kind of shit. Damn, my, my bad. Like, yeah, I. Man, that should be fucking frustrating. But no, nah, like, yeah, you up Texas is a, is a bitch. But um, yeah, it's just crazy because, like I said, I've, I think that was probably the only time I've ever sent a drunk test. But I've yeah. I received some, and I'd be like, do yeah. do we subscribe to the idea that drunk minds speak sober thoughts? Um, I think so. Okay. Oh sure, I I do because I feel like. Cause I, drunk, I don't think being drunk is gonna make you do anything you wouldn't do. Yeah, it just it's, it's just like it just make it just it, it exactly you just kind of like oh I might have been nervous about saying right. this shit before because you be in, you be in your head before like should I send this text should I send this text but when you inebriated or you got a little liquor in your system. It's like a battery in your back. You'd be like, all right, fuck yeah, it. Yeah, I definitely, yeah. Liquor definitely does. Might as well hit send. I think the worst time I ever did, I text a nigga who ghosted me. And I was just like, why am I here? Like, why did I do this? Like, I was so mad. I'm just like, I'll be trying to be the, I'm always trying to be the one that was like, I don't give a fuck. Right. So when I texted him, I was just salty as fuck the whole day. Like, why did I do that? I right. woke up like that, sitting it. I'm good for deleting shit, too. Yeah. I don't even know. I'm like, it was a dream. I think I, even now I convinced myself that it didn't happen for real because I deleted the thread, so I wouldn't know one way or another. But, man, that was probably the worst time. Like, I don't even know what I said, but I just feel like it was some bullshit. What's like, uh, what's it like a couple months ago when Verizon was having an issue where people were getting random-ass texts and stuff at different times of the day? Oh, I got man. one. I'm like, I ain't saw this person in like two years. Who the fuck? And I, I, didn't, even, and I didn't respond to this because it was weird. And then when I saw somebody saying, yeah, Verizon's having an issue, people getting text me, I'm like, oh, shit, because I'm glad I didn't text that nigga back because I don't know if that person even got the same number no more. I don't know who number that is. Like, Take somebody some off-the-wall shit. you like, I didn't even mean to send that to you. No, I've, yeah, I've, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> but nah, yeah, I, you send a person, I, and I hate, like, I send, if, especially if somebody you ain't talked in a while and you get a random text, I'm like, okay, is this that person or... Like, what the fuck going on? What the fuck get, you... People randomly hit me up all the time. That's always so peculiar to me. Like, where do you come from? Like, what is this random ass text? Like, I ain't talked to you in four years. I always or... assume it's because somebody's, like, newly single or mad at their spouse. Yeah, yeah. Because I know I've been doing that, like, this since I got out of my last situation. I'm going right through my phone talking about some, damn, where do like, all my hoes like, go? Like... <laughs> I gotta sound like, bad signal. Talking about something. We we ready, nigga. I'm out here. Like, <laughs> shit. You gotta go through your old text. I don't delete text. Like, I don't delete. Like, I, I don't either. I have text from 10 years, years ago. Yeah. Like, I go over 100,000 texts on my phone and be like, what the fuck? So, like, nigga, I be trying to go. I'm scrolling back through. Like, damn. What do we end at? Right. I got a text on my phone. Nigga asked me out for fucking. Tell me he went to go to 100 house. I'm like, oh, I'm about to take this back. Like, maybe next year. <laughs> This, this this randomly just so I can get back in there to myself. Damn, I'm sorry I missed this. What about next year? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm ready for a hundred house or two. Text <laughs> <laughs> me in October. <laughs> yeah, I I yeah I. And you'd be like, when you don't feel that, like especially if you send something, 
And at the moment, like I said, that moment, that moment passed. She was like, "What the fuck was I thinking?" Like, yeah, that's how I felt. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck was I on? Why did I do this? Like, like, why? What was I on? Did I send that shit? I actually text that. I don't recall. Don't don't make him a second fuck up and text a person that want to talk through everything. Oh man, then you didn't like. Why did I do this for real? Like I ain't. I wasn't ready for this conversation. Like, I was just on some bullshit. I didn't want to talk, nigga. Like, no, I was. I definitely wasn't looking for a conversation. I wasn't looking to interact like that. It was. Nigga, it was asked and answered, nigga. Up, nigga. Period. Right. Like yo, where you at? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you 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 home? <laughs> Period. Like, how fast can you get here? Like, right. or like, yo, I'm at, I'm, I'm, I'm near you. You, you are like, I'm in your neighborhood. I ain't even left the house. <laughs> Talking about I'm in your hood. <laughs> I'm still in pajamas. I ain't left the house yet. I'm in your hood. And all like, I, it's been something like, like I, I got the U up check. I said yeah, and then like, where you at? I'm like, I'm around the corner, nigga. I'm still at home. I ain't left the house yet, but I'm on the way. I will be there in five minutes. I don't know how. You might live on the other side of the city, but I will be there. Yep. <laughs> like nigga, you be right, right, at super speeds, like, shh. cause you don't want that person. It be late. You don't want the person to fall asleep or that moment to pass. Yep. <laughs> oh my god, I've been guilty all of this shit. That should be funny, but. Yeah, drunk chess is always interesting. And I, I, like I said, it's like those moments you be like, yeah, okay, be up. It's late. You can't sleep for whatever reason. Let me see if anybody else up. And I remember, I miss having people like I, I could randomly just text at different times of night. Like I'm older, so I'd be like trying to be respectful and shit. But unless I know for a fact, like I won't. Even if I met somebody new, I won't text them after a certain time until I know that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like at first, I might not text you after like 10, 11 o'clock. I won't text you before like 10 o'clock in the morning just because I don't know what your life is. Right. I don't know what time you get up. And be like, why you ain't text me? Because I ain't know I can text you that later that early or call you or whatever. So I just wanted to, I got to read the room first and know if that's okay. Look, I don't know what your life is. You might be busy. You might be asleep. I don't know what your schedule is yet. Like, I got to I gotta kind of fill these things out and make sure we we on that we on that same page because you could be like, nah, nigga. Nah, I was asleep. Why are you texting me this late? And I don't want to disrespect you or no shit. They'd be like, um, no, I am not. You can't be texting me this late. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to have it. I've had that experience before. I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean anything, but <laughs> I was just trying to see if he was up. I... Excellent point. Shit. Um, so you have anything, any big plans or any resolutions for 2020? Um, not particularly. I mean, uh, for the risk of sounding like a stereotypical ass person, I'm trying to get my life and my body together. I'm doing a fitness challenge right now that's resulting in me not having absolutely no motherfucking energy. I'm really consuming like fruits and vegetables and shit. But this is like a detox plan, so it's only for four days, and then I'll be back to eating well not real food cause she just sent me a fucking meal plan for the rest of the shit and I'm still scared but I digress but yeah that's really it just oh excuse me sorry working on my fitness trying to get my life together trying to get my mind right really honestly um I turned 30 this year so it's like a big year for me broke year for me cause everybody wanna do shit for their 30th birthdays fuck y'all very much but it's really just, you know, a year of growth. I feel like I'm really getting old for real. Like, it's like, bitch, you 30. Like, what the fuck is happening? I would tell you, like, I tell everybody that asked that question, it's 30. It's not that old. Once you get there, you realize it's not. Oh, I, 
think I think the reason why, and I've had to get out of my own head about this, is just like I think about what I thought my life would yeah. be when I was younger. Like you couldn't told me at thirty I would be single with no kids, yeah, and still just, figuring it out. Like I thought I, I was gonna be a full adult. I, right. When I was younger, I thought at twenty five I'll be, I would be, I would have kids, I would be married. I thought. Um, I would be at that time. I think I was still thinking I was gonna be the next Bill Gates. Like I was, just, yeah. like I was like, nigga, by twenty six, I'm gonna be a billionaire. Like, I'm gonna be out here, and you know, you realize that. And I always tell people, I tell people, I said, in life, too many times we put time frames on everything, and the reality is that life don't work on a time frame. It just don't. Yeah. Like it, unfortunately, work don't work. Life don't work on your time frame. You never know what curveball you're gonna get thrown. And I think the biggest thing is, is not necessarily. Um, is not necessarily when you reach the goal, but actually keeping your focus on the goal. And so even if you have an obstacle or something that comes up that was unexpected, you still have your eyes on what you're trying to get. And it's just a matter of getting there. Um, and so I think that if you focus on that, it's a little easier. But like I said, I've been there. I definitely was there when I hit 30. Um, like, yo, where was I? You know, I was supposed to be here by now. And it's like, shit, I'm not. You go through this little like, okay, what did I do wrong? Why did I, you know? And especially, especially rough, especially in the day and age of social media, Cause I be following people, celebrities and shit, and I find how old these niggas is, and I'm like, nigga, you how old? The fuck was I doing with my life? That's how I realized. Like, honestly, that's why 30 feels so old. Cause all these new artists is coming out. They're like, oh, I'm 22, 24. Like, damn, what the fuck have I been doing? Yeah, like, dude, what the fuck was I doing? Fucking, fucking one time. Like, I'm. Like, nigga, how old are you? Like, nigga, you. I'm sorry, you what? Like, this is, like, so it's, like, what was I thinking? Why was I wasting all my time not doing, you know, shit? Um, I think for us, though, especially coming up in Detroit, it it just, we aren't in an entertainment hub for a lot of things. So we have to, a lot of people in Detroit have to leave to really get on in a lot of places if they did. And, like, it's, we really just started getting people on in the, in the last few, like, 10 years or so again. Cause for a long time, people were having to leave and go to Atlanta and shit to really get on or get in that business or in the industry or anything like that. Um, so when we start, especially for me, when I started realizing that music was my passion and I got back into it, it's like it's hard because you got to push, you got to work even harder. It's easier nowadays because everything is based on the internet and shit. But back when I was growing up, that shit was hard to sell. If you wouldn't even Detroit, you wouldn't going nowhere. Yeah, like you just wasn't. Like it just wasn't happening. So. Um, you have so many people who did leave Detroit and, you know, they were able to get, you know, get on or they, they, you know, fail, succeed, whatever. But it was just, it was just harder to do back then. Now it's a lot easier. And so I commend the people who take advantage of it um, because it's just, it's just, you know, you want to, I always, I, I push anybody and I'm always supporting people that want to, you know, do things. Even they want to like, when they want to pod or something like that, they give, I give them advice, you know, cause I'm all, I'm all paying it forward. Cause at the end of the day, it's no knowledge is useless if you're not sharing it. It's just not. It, knowledge is useless. I'm not a computer. I'm not just storing a bunch of information. Yeah. It's useless for me to keep all the knowledge or any information I have or any experience I have if I'm not sharing it with other people. Ultimately, so who's going to benefit if I don't tell other people about what they can do and what the opportunities are out there if they don't know? Yeah. So that's real. So I think for me, this year is about you know continued growth. Um, I will eventually have a surgery coming up later this year at some point, um, which is going to be interesting. <laughs> um, looking for my next opportunity as far as my career and seeing where it's going to go. Um, and then in addition to that, you know, trying to get this pod to where I want it to be as far as more consistent. Um, if I can find a consistent co-host one day, maybe. <laughs> um, 
Um, if not, then I may make it where it's just always a podcast. It's always just me and whoever my guest is that week. And if that may be the theme and so forth and so what I don't know, it may that may be what it is at some point. Um, until I can find a consistent co-host. Um, aside from that, you know, we have some plans. Um, me and you, as far as just you know, ideas yeah. that we have. Um, for just two AM as a whole, and. It's gonna be. A, I feel like it's gonna be a huge year, um, for us individually and also professionally. I'm looking forward to it, um, and I'm looking forward to everything that's coming forward. I'm gonna continue growing my fucking hair. So hopefully by the end of this year, I'll have this shit at least started in my in twist house and shit. That's my goal. I'm gonna try to hit a few festivals this year, um, because there's a bunch of them. I'm mad that the fucking Coachella lineup is Man, so fucking ridiculous. I was, I was like, so motherfucker! Motherfucker! I was so salty when I saw that. I saw that shit. Somebody asked me, like, did you see the Coachella? I said, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> that shit was fucking amazing. <laughs> I was like, fuck! Yeah, I was definitely I was heated. I, I was that. like, this motherfucking festival. Like, why are they going to make it so damn ridiculous? Um, also, the, the baby had to stop fighting people. Like, nigga, you got too much to lose. Like, that shit was cool when you was on the come up. But, nigga, you got too much to lose, not up. Did you see the video of why he got arrested? No, I didn't see the video. So, apparently... I heard some apple juice. So, yeah, apparently... No, well, yeah, so apparently... It was a thing where apparently he got into it with a promoter because the promoter gave him 20 grand for a show he's supposed to do this week, next week or something like that, or this week, I don't know. But he said they're supposed to pay him 30. So they got into his altercation. He took like $80 from the promoter and an iPhone, and then he pulled apple juice all over him and some shit. And so you see the video, and there's a camera above filming all this stuff, and I, I can't see anybody's face. I don't know. At one point, somebody has something over their face, and they, they kicking this promoter on the ground and shit like that. And then at some point, they get in this black um, truck, and they pull off, they about to pull off. Dude gets right back out the truck, and the promoter just got up, and he does this. The promoter go flying, punches him. He goes flying to get back in the truck, and they pull off. Damn. So who did that? That was the baby. Or I can't tell because oh, the guy had something over his face. I'm assuming it's the baby. But I don't know. It could have just been his goons. I don't know. But because they're your oh, goons, they work. You don't have no goons that small as him. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. That's crazy. Um, it could, it, 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 I, I think size wise, you can't tell because it's like above, so it's really hard right, to tell. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, it definitely looked like it. I, th- I think it was him, but I'm not sure. But you can't be doing that, dog. You got to, like, like I said, it was cool for him to be knocking niggas out back when he was like coming up last year, two years ago. Yeah. But now, nigga, you got, you got, you on top. You can't, you got way too much to lose, dog. Yeah. Way too much to lose. You got niggas like Diddy and, and fucking Buster Rhymes telling you, nigga, you on niggas next. Niggas afraid to come perform after you. Like, you a hottest nigga out right now. You can't be doing this dumb shit. And that's always that transition for a lot of kids, a lot of young cats, like, it's cool to be that nigga who I want to, you know, who ain't about the shit, who with the shits. But that shit, that with the shits can't, you know, fuck your, get your whole career up. And it can. Too many niggas lost their career to that shit. Benny Sigal lost his career to that shit. Cassidy yeah. lost his sh- career to that shit. He went to jail when he had a whole um, fucking number one single. Like, you can't do that shit to yourself. Yeah. You're fucking yourself up. So, hopefully he learned. Hopefully, whatever this is going, he's going through this whole situation. Hopefully, he don't get no real time. But, hopefully, he also learns from this situation because you just can't do that shit, dog. That shit, niggas got to learn. Like, once you get to the point where you in the spotlight like that, nigga, all that, all the fucking attention is on you, dog. Yeah. So, hopefully, he learns from this shit and hopefully he don't, he don't do no whole real time and he just gets probation from this shit or uh, whatever, but... Yeah, hopefully he learned from this shit, because that shit is not cool. It's not at all. So, 
but uh aside from that like i say i hope everyone has a great 2020 i wish everybody the best um you will be hearing more from of course the Dundown with the king podcast and also kc and, and hendrix on the 2am um, podcast um you'll be hearing a lot from them um i would just say this it's going to be an interesting year for 2am um, for sure you'll be seeing a lot more of them yeah. emphasis on c Yes. So, with that being said, um, this is uh, Will K. the King. Um, Shouts to KC for coming through and joining. Period. Check Um, us out at the 2 a.m. podcast. That's on most social media platforms. Two Opera Millennials on Instagram, but the 2 a.m. podcast on Facebook and on Twitter. Check out a real one. Oh, you can see me, KC, in the place to be at K-A-Y underscore I-N-R-E-E-L-L-I-F-E. Period. And you can check me out um, at the real Will K. It's C H A Real Will K on Instagram and also on Twitter. Um, you can also find the podcast on Down with the King Podcast on IG, DWTK Pod on Twitter, and also Down with the King Podcast on Facebook. Of course, you can find the Facebook on the podcast wherever all podcasts are um, are, are viewed, listened to, stored, all those other good things. Um, so with that being said, I hope you guys have a great new year. Um, wish you all the best. Um, and we'll see you guys later. Signing off. Yeah, bitches. Period.